Hey everyone, this is Joseph Bosco, pastor of Highway Church. We are so glad to have with us Paul and Karen Brady, pastors of Millennial Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. All of us need the right kind of voices in our lives, and speaking of voices, these are voices that you're going to want to hear and have in your life. Paul and Karen minister the Word of God by the Spirit of God, and it'll change your life. Enjoy. Praise His holy name. You know, I hope you all didn't mind me just breaking in on it. That's kind of what I do. Sort of, you know, break in on a, a few things when I, I sense the Spirit of the Lord wants to do something so powerfully. You may take your seats just for a few minutes tonight. and Maybe somebody could bring me over this pulpit. And we'll just let Pastor lie here at the piano. How many people know it's good to see your pastors being touched by the Spirit? It's a very special thing. It's a very special thing, and I hope you didn't mind me breaking in on prison worship to, uh, thank you guys. You know, some people would look at tonight and they would say, wow, that was really strange. How many people knows at least one person that would think tonight was a little strange? Well, how many people knows that when Jesus walked through the wall, while the disciples were having dinner, how many people knows that some of your friends would have thought that was kind of strange? I think that we have to get used to what we're not used to, to deal with what we're so used to. You know, I went to Plymouth today. I was so grieved in my spirit, a place of pilgrimage, a place of birth. I felt such depression. I saw the young ones running around the streets. I saw such, I have saw more graffiti in Plymouth than I have anywhere else in America that I have went to. You say, well, you haven't been to New York. I have. But in such a small city, in small proximity, I haven't seen such graffiti like I saw it. It's spirits at work. A place of tremendous magnitude, of something of a birth of people that came to this great country. Isn't it amazing that we don't see depression as being strange? It's so normal to us that we take medication. And yet, when God shows up in a service that is slightly different to what we're used to, we think that the move of God is more strange than the depression 
that we are used to. Ladies and gentlemen, something has to happen. How many people would agree with me? This is not about the church being weird. This is not about us acting in a weird way. It's amazing to me that under demonic influences, people act a certain way. How many people would accept that? And if you thought that there were demonic influences there, you would expect that person to act in a certain way. It, it amazes me that yet when the Spirit of God wants to move, there can be no display of different. But we accept a display of different when it's demonic. But yet when it's the Spirit of God, we don't accept a display of dis- difference. We, ex- we don't expect weird. But it's only weird to our senses and to our religious upbringings. Truly. Because if one is brought up in the ways of the Spirit, in the ways of the working and the walking of the Spirit of God, then things like what you see tonight will not be weird. They will be life and completely essential for your deliverance on a daily basis. Hallelujah. I want you to look at three people tonight and say, things are about to change in my life in Jesus' name. Come on, look at them. Because you know what? Some of you came tonight with family members. You know who they are. They know who you are. And they know what you say. They know what you've done. And they know how much you need a touch from God. How many people know at least one person, don't look to the left or to the right, that needs a, a, a tremendous touch from God? How many people would be honest? A lot of times we can't get that touch because we're afraid of what that will be like. Thousands upon thousands of people can't even get out of their chairs and church services to come to the altar because they're afraid of looking weird. I want you to say this with me, things are changing. Say it again, things are changing. Say tonight, something has happened in my life. In Jesus' precious name. Are you glad you're here? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Amen. So I'm going to minister a little bit on the, on the Holy Spirit, if I may. And, uh, and then we'll, we'll get everybody on their way for an early night. You doing okay, Pastor Jennifer? <laughs> How many people are glad that pastors were touched tonight? Let me see your hands. <laughs> Hallelujah. How many people agree with me that Plymouth is hit with the fire of God? Come on. How many people believe that something has to happen there? Am, am I right in what I'm saying? I don't know your news. I don't know what goes on around these parts, truly. But I'll tell you, what I picked up today was just grief and sadness and depression. I looked at the young fellas just riding their skateboards up and down the street, and I just was thinking, my goodness, what is, what's going on in this little town that the pilgrims landed? I want you to shut it out. Things are changing. Things have have to change. And things will change because you change. And that you're not afraid to step out boldly in the things of the Spirit. Amen. Look at Jesus, guys. 
You know, he wasn't having a meeting when he spoke to the woman at the well. And he told her everything. I perceive, sir, that you're a prophet. <laughs> he was more than a prophet. <laughs> I just believe that we're in days that we need to rise as the church of Jesus Christ to really combat and take authority over what the enemy is trying to do in our cities, in our regions, in our states. And I just don't believe I'm the only one that has that passion. You know, becoming United States citizens, I am invested. I believe that God has a plan for this great nation. If you believe that, shout a big amen. I believe it. When I took the oath, I sincerely meant it. I didn't come to this country because, you know, I was escaping terrible horribleness in my own country. I come from the north of Ireland in the UK. We had a great life. I didn't come here to chase the American dream because truly living in this country, I don't see too many dreamers. I see people that are stuck. And people may find that hard to swallow, but it's the truth. We get stuck in cyclical patterns. And once we get up a little bit and we've been beaten down one too many times, what's the use? What's the point? I take authority over disappointment and discouragement. Come on, just work with me. Disappointment. Anybody know anybody that's disappointed, discouraged, in the middle of COVID-19? My God, you think things weren't bad enough and then you have a pandemic? You can't even walk about your streets and breathe fresh air. We have to be masked up. People that were depressed before this, imagine how they are now. And a lot of them go to church. You have as many churches here as you have pubs. It's amazing. There's churches everywhere. I thought we had a lot of churches in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's nothing compared to the churches that you... You have churches every 200 feet. Here a church, there a church, everywhere a church, church. And why so much depression? It's religion, you see. Because the very thing that was supposed to free you, if it doesn't have the spirit of liberty then it brings bondage. Religion comes to rob. It comes to steal. Religion is fueled by the God of this world. God Almighty is not in religion. You may find a few pious people. The people will hold on to what their family has been in for generations. And they are sincere in their faith. But yet, it's capped. It's limited. And no matter what they would try to do, it will be refused because of the spirit of control that comes down through the hierarchy. Religion is a taskmaster. It wants to take and never gives back. And it wants to rule and reign with these principalities in our towns, in our cities, given no generation hope. When I look today at those young guys just running around the street, all the graffiti, we went up onto Burial Hill, took a look at the names. 
And I went over to read about something, and it's just graffiti all over it. This is lawlessness. Come on, am I in the right church tonight? This is lawlessness. The police cannot. The, the police cannot deal with that. Because you have to deal with the root. And it's the police's job not to deal with the root. It's the church's job to deal with the root. Come on, any believers in this room tonight? It's the church's job to deal with the root. Back the blue. I back the blue all the way. I'm an ex-cop, 14 years in anti-terrorism in the north of Ireland. I, tell me, I, I can tell you a few stories. But I know that it's nothing if you don't deal with the root spiritually. That's why from generation to generation, if there's not a move of God and there's not churches like this that rise up, then territories actually slip worse and worse and worse. They wax worse, the scripture says. So when I come to your work like this here and I see that there are people just like you that are willing just to go beyond. Everybody say that with me, beyond. And run the risk of being maybe just a little different. Amen, you're a little different because you don't go to the local denominational church. You go to an independent. What's that? Well, they sing different songs. You know, they speak in tongues. What's that? And people will warn you about that. Why? It's satanic. Because Satan does not want people free. Satan wants people bound and on medication for life. In stupors. I want to look at your neighbor and say, I'm getting free tonight. I don't know about you in the name of Jesus. We've heard, how many people have heard at least 100 sermons? Let me see your hands. How's that going for you? We have books about books on our shelves, libraries full of books of mighty men and women of faith. Ask me which one, and I'll tell, probably be able to tell you I have that as well. And yet many, many people have these books, but yet they still live a daily dose of hell every single day of their lives. Why? Because it is in the application. It is in the working of the Spirit upon the Word that gives us the demonstration. It is time to see Taunton free. It is time to see Dighton free. It is time to see this region free, all the way to Plymouth, all the way down to the Cape. Ladies and gentlemen, something wants to happen. If you believe that, shout a big amen. Something wants to happen, and it has to happen way beyond just a good church. With all the denominational churches, then we have independent churches, and you have some of the most wonderful independent churches that are here. But still... We need a move of God. Yes. What does that look like? How many people in this room have ever been through a move of God? Let me see your hands. How many people would like to be through a move of God? You are that move. We're not looking for God to break out somewhere. We want God to break out here. 
I'm going to say that again. We're just look, not looking for God to break out somewhere. We're looking for God to break out here. Come on. All it takes is one person to be truly vulnerable and get delivered. I mean, truly vulnerable and get delivered. That means the things that bothered me yesterday are not going to bother me tomorrow. I am completely free. I want you to lift your hand and say, I am completely free. You're not going to live under a cloud of depression, a cloud of heaviness in the name of Jesus. When you live here, sometimes you just become, you become numb because, you know what, you become so used to how it feels here. And sometimes when you step out of that and you come back in, you think to yourself, oh, wow. Can it really be like this? Ask me how I know. The Holy Spirit is a real person, ladies and gentlemen. I set this up last night. He's not a white cloud. He's not a mystical force. He's not tongues. He is not a white dove flying around in the sky looking for someone to land on. He is the third person of the Godhead. The Holy Spirit is God himself. And what God wants to do is to deliver, to deliver humanity. I mean, what was it like that day? I mean, when Jesus walked into the, ritter, into the river, into the waters, and a voice was heard, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Jesus did some outstanding things. Strange. People weren't used to it. And there's a lot of people around here that are not used to different things happening in churches. What would happen if someone walked in here tomorrow morning that seriously needed delivered? They were full of demons. What would we do if they started to cackle in the back row of the church? Would we be alarmed? Would we be like, oh my God, what's happening? Would we move three rows to the other side of the church hoping the demon didn't get on us? What would we do? Because I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, God is going to bring those who need delivered. Because once we get delivered ourselves, there's no telling what God is about to do. I'm telling you, this is the time to get free. If you believe that, shout a big amen. This is not the day to reject the moving of the Spirit. This is not the day to reject the things of the Spirit. This is not the day to become indifferent and think, well, that's just, that's just too way out there for me. God is way out there. He made the universe. How many people knows that there's a planet out there called Pluto? How do you know? Have you seen it? Have you visited? No, you were told. It's in a book. We watch people take off from, you know, Florida and head towards space. For all we know, it could just be fabricated technology working, right? Unless you were there. You didn't see that rocket go up with your own eyes. That's outstanding to send a rocket into space. And then God wants to move in people's lives and we go, that's too much. We breathe air every day. And then when God wants to move, we say, that's too much, brother. 
We take air for granted. But it's a miracle. Bah. How many people believe that you're going to heaven? How, how, how do you know that? How many people believe that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life? Have you seen it? It's just by faith. Because you read it. I'm ready for miracles. I'm ready for outstanding miracles. How many people's ready to see people's eyes open, ears open? Come on, guys. We've read and heard about miracles, miracles from ministries that have gone before us. But how many people are, are witnessing miracles in your own lives? Let me see your hands. Come on. Come on, I want you to look at your neighbor and say, it's about to change in my house. Why? Because the Spirit of God is not a dove flying around looking to land. The Spirit of God is the miracle worker. And the Spirit of God wants to do mighty demonstrations of power in our lives. He wants to break the chains that bind us. He wants to deliver the depressed. He wants to give those young guys out there in Plymouth. My heart ached this afternoon. I thought, oh my God, I can't wait to get out of this town. I could hardly stand watching them. They look so hopeless. Looking at all the graffiti, and the more we saw graffiti, the more we saw graffiti. There's a spirit of destruction at work in this city. And that's what happens. You can pull me back in the, I got very loud there, thank you. As you see, I need no help. You know, if you don't keep the Spirit of God moving, the enemy will fill the void. That's what's happened to the Northeast. The enemy fills the void. Hallelujah. Not hallelujah that he fills the void, but hallelujah that God has a plan to kick him out. I said, God has a plan to kick him out. I pray that a boldness of the Spirit of God rises upon each and every one of you. That there's a fire that's lit in your belly that you're not going to stomach anymore. The destruction of generations in the name of Jesus just driving about the streets of this great state, numb to the state of the affairs of people's lives. People are what God does. We are the church of Jesus Christ. People are what we do. God wants to deliver them, set them free. He wants to set them on fire by the power of His Spirit. He wants to see them filled with the Spirit. And we cannot deny them that. We just cannot get them saved, walk them to the altar, and leave them at the peril of spirits that are at work without the infilling of the Spirit of God. That's why we have to get people filled with the Spirit of God and get them speaking in other tongues and get them full of the fire of heaven. That's why Matthew 3 says that I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. I want you to shout it out, fire and fire. 
Come on, ask yourself honestly, are you burning with the fire of heaven? Are you burning with what God wants to do? Is the Spirit of God quickening you? Are you looking at humanity and looking at these people around you that you could weep when you see them because they look so hopeless? You say, well, that's because you were a pastor. That's what you do. It's not. It's nothing to do with being a pastor. They'll line up to tell you that it's just too radical. That spirit stuff. You be cautious, my brother. You're talking about the Holy Spirit of God. You're talking about God himself, not a diminished part, third part. He is the Holy Spirit, God himself. And he wants to move. He wants to take over. He wants to control. He wants to leave Massachusetts in a glorious, glorious deliverance. Come on, how many people can believe from the border of Rhode Island all the way up to New Hampshire? How many people believe that we can see God begin to sweep mightily by his power and demonstration? When is it going to happen? It's going to happen when we, the people, you, the people that live here, begin to rise and say, I'm not having it anymore like this. I'm just not going to sing my songs. I'm telling you, God, of deliverance, come and move in my city. Come and move in my time. Come and move in my school. Come and move in my church. How many people in this room have family members that really need God? Well, they lift their names up right now. Come on, just lift their names now. It takes you moving your mouth, my brother. Speak their names out to God right now. Come on, call upon God. Let God touch their lives. Our families are coming into the kingdom of God. They're coming into deliverance. They're getting free from demonics. They're getting free from the spirit of sorcery. Say tonight, something's changing. Jesus had to go so that he would send us another comforter. The Holy Spirit himself. John 14, 16 says, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. I love this. When Jesus said he will send you another comforter, he was making reference to the person of the Holy Spirit. That meant that Jesus himself was a comforter. He was the helper, and he was the paraclete. Jesus was simply saying, I will send you someone. I will send someone to you, another comforter, someone just like me. The Holy Spirit came and was given the special responsibility of, number one, taking the place of Jesus on the earth, and number two, revealing and showing Jesus to the world. Number three, demonstrating and doing the works that Jesus did. In other words, it was the continuation of his ministry. I believe with all my heart that we stand at a Kairos moment. I believe with all my heart that God is looking for people like you and me to step into the breach as repairers, 
to step into the streets as restorers, to step into homes as reconcilers. I believe this is our day. If you believe that, shout a big amen. I will draw your attention. Can you take the boom out of my voice, please? I'll draw your attention to John chapter 14, John chapter 15, and John chapter 16. And I would ask you over just the next period of time to simply just read these chapters. Read them to the place that the revelation of what took place in chapter 14, 15, and 16 gets in your heart. The Holy Spirit dwells within you, and he desires to be known by you. This is intimacy of the highest kind. He's not playing hide and seek. He's already been found. The pursuit, ladies and gentlemen, is just not you pursuing God, but God pursued you. Being born again is just not our ticket to heaven. Being born again is the absolute privilege of being part of the body of Christ that remains on the earth as the ecclesia. Everybody say that with me, the ecclesia, which means the governant of God. We are here as the ecclesia, Thessalonians tells us, as a restraining order. Of the, to the Antichrist. The Antichrist will not be revealed until he that restrains is taken away. The restrainer is the church. That means we have a job to do. The book of Matthew says that we are to occupy until Jesus comes. This word occupy is to do business. In other words, we're supposed to be doing the original intent of God for humanity right back through Adam and Eden. Come on. We are to take dominion, replenish, be fruitful, multiply. Psalm 103 tells us that we are to what? Speak. Because his minister and spirits Hearken to the voice of his word. The verse before that in verse 19 in Psalm 103 says that his kingdom rules over all. Well, how are we doing? We were given the spirit of God so that we could be illuminated. Ephesians chapter 1. Illuminated to the truth that our hearts would be flooded with light. The spirit of God, Romans 8.26 even when we don't know what to pray, would come and help us pray. This is how set up we were. Because God knew that we would flounder in our words and in our approach to the throne of heaven, not knowing at times in our despair and the things that we face what prayer to offer worthily. How many people understand what I'm talking about? But the Spirit was given to us so that we would be able to offer whatever prayer was necessary correctly and accurately so that the Spirit would be able to help us efficiently and that we would not lose, but we would win every single time. Romans also tells us that we are to rule as kings in this life. 
How do we do that? On the authority of his word, seated, Ephesians 2, at the right hand of the Father. And all has been made our footstool in Christ. But it cannot be done without the moving of the Spirit. I read you Genesis 1-2 last night. There was chaos, but yet the Spirit of God hovered. And one translation says, was moving upon the waters. God is still moving. His Spirit wants to land somewhere. The creative ability of the Spirit of God is waiting for our voices so that we can speak. Not only do the angels go into operation to bring to pass the words of God through the saints, those angels that in Psalm 8 stand and say, what is man that you were mindful of him? So the angels actually look at us with awe. They listen for the words of God coming out of our mouth, just like in the beginning. Spirit of God is poised with creative power, creative ability. That when God spoke in the beginning, the Spirit of God went into operation to bring to pass the word of the Father. And today the Holy Spirit was given to us to indwell us, to fill us. The evidence of his residence is when we speak as God would speak and we see God move. I declare God is moving and we are moving with him. How many people's glad you came tonight? I want you to just look at your neighbor and say next week is going to be very different than last week. I want to set this up for tomorrow morning. Please come back. Hallelujah. I'll, I'll try to be on my best behavior tomorrow morning. But if you've lived your life and you haven't seen very many results in God yet, then you have to understand, ladies and gentlemen, and there's something that you're not doing. Well, there's something that you're trying to do that it wasn't for you to do. It was the Spirit's job to do. This is not about us trying to do God's will our way. That is called flesh. This is about us doing God's will his way. And doing God's will his way is doing it with his power. And that is the difference. What will deliver Plymouth? A move of the Spirit. When was the last time you took to yourself and you walked up and down the streets of Plymouth and prayed in the Spirit? When was the last time you stood on the top of Burial Hill and stretched your hands out over the city and began to pray in the Spirit and say, Lord, deliver this place? This is what's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. This is what needs to happen. You say, Pastor, I can't do that. I don't understand that. He will give you understanding because he is the spirit of wisdom, counsel, and might. He is the spirit of understanding. The Holy Spirit has the qualities of a person. Please do not underestimate him. One person could say, as Pastor, you spoke to me tonight as if I knew nothing. Forgive me. That's not what I meant to do. But just in case you missed something tonight, we got a recap on what it is 
we knew all along. The Holy Spirit has the qualities of a person. Romans 8.27 says he has a mind. 1 Corinthians 12.11 says he has a will. Romans 15.30 says he has emotions. Acts 13.2 says he speaks. John 15.26 and Romans 8.16 says he bears witness and he testifies. Nehemiah 9.20 says he instructs. Romans 8.26 says he makes prayers with intercessions. The Holy Spirit is just not standing there as if one that does not feel. Ephesians 4.30 says he can be grieved. Hebrews 10.29 says he actually can be insulted. Acts 5.3 says he can be lied to. And Matthew 12.31-32 says that he actually can be blasphemed. Acts 7.51 says he can be resisted. Isaiah 63.10 says he can be vexed. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says he can be quenched. Not in this place. For the Spirit of God is welcome in this house. Say this with me, Holy Spirit. Use us for your glory. In your power. In demonstration. Holy Spirit, move powerfully. Reveal yourself to me in ways that I did not know you. Forgive me if I have ever vexed you, resisted you, or quenched you. I receive your leading and filling. I receive your comfort. In Jesus' precious name. The Holy Spirit is a divine person indwelling the Christian and working within him to fulfill the will of God. Did you hear what I said? To fulfill the will of God. One of the greatest needs of the church today is to understand and possess a personal relationship with the third person of the Trinity, God the Holy Spirit. It is not enough just to talk about him or learn more information about him, but we must become acquainted with the Holy Spirit and really get to know him. The Holy Spirit is God, and he is a real living person. He is pictured in Scripture as a person separate and distinct from both the Father and the Son. And we need him. We need him so desperately. Eden, can you come play, please? I've said enough tonight. Just gone 8.45. I sense the Spirit of God in this place. I can't tell you how much I love you all. I just sense the love of God. And I just sense the leading of the Spirit to talk to you like this because you're ready for something. How long can a city remain broken? What did God plan to do through the 13 colonies, the original 13? What did God really plan to do through Anne Hutchinson and she was put out of Massachusetts 
She had to come and start Providence. Am I correct in that? Hmm? Portsmouth. What type of woman was she? What type of man and woman were they in the early days that they would ride hours on horseback to go tell people the scriptures? And they would preach for hours and then ride for hours back. What type of people were they? People full of the Holy Ghost with the spirit of illumination. Well, if God started this region with people like that, well, then he has to have a few people for the end like that. Would you agree with that? Or then scripture is not true. For he says the glory of the latter shall be greater than the former. It's a law. So if it all started with fire, boldness, fearlessness. And what's it going to finish with? One person can say, I, I, can't, I, that, I can't do That's not me. But that's what Gideon said. That's what Gideon said. Gideon said, I'm the poorest of my clan. That's not me. You've got the wrong guy. Do you know, truly, every one of us start out saying, that's not me. Believe it or believe it not, you're, you're looking at pastors tonight that I would have ran a mile away before I would ever have done this. I had friends in church that always played sword fighting with Scripture. And I just stood there in the midst of them like the dum-dum. As they flung Scripture back and forward, you know not one of them is being used by God. And dum-dum is. I used to feel so inferior. Anybody in this room ever felt insecure? Oh, I know we're not going to own up. We're not going to own up to it, right? Anybody ever feel inferior? Anybody know anybody that feels a little inferior? And you get filled with God. You get filled with this word. And you get filled with the spirit of God. And something happens within you. And now you used to worry about what people think and what people said and what people thought. And now you're like, you're saying stuff like you never thought you would ever say. Like you're stroking the cat the wrong way. You used to go along with everything and not say boo to a goose and you would just say yes and amen, keep the peace at all cost. That was me. That was me right there. I would have nearly 
exhausted myself, making sure everybody was okay. Making me, oh God, I I hope I didn't offend you. Hope I didn't upset you. I got so hungry for God. An old dum-dum in the church began to get a fire burning in his belly. See, God doesn't forget about your call. And God hasn't forgot about you. And you can tell everybody how much you think you know. But where's the fire? And you think people might want to hear your great knowledge, but if there's no fire, keep it. You're boring them half to death. That's the truth. Because I was so bored with these friends. Always trying to outdo each other by how much they knew in Scripture. And they would love a great debate. They would love to get into contentious discussions. And I would just sit there going, you all are like wired up. I hated it. I hated anything to do with that contention because I couldn't find it in Scripture. The Lord would minister to me and say, stay away from contention. Stay away from debates of contention. And God moves in you. You get on the Word, and you get filled with the Spirit of God, and something begins to happen. Something beyond you. I dare you to lift your hands and say, Lord, use me. Come on, you say it with all your heart. Just say it, you and God, just for a minute. Use me, just use me. Use me. Use me for your glory. Use me for your honor. Use me. Barastori miskara. Barni fir kala vanarte venistal. Banasolo to propadaska mina asolofalaya. Benesti to kobam zilis to kabasana. Banestola ta propadaska. Fill this place. Fill this place. Fill it. Fill it, fill it full, fill it full with people. Whether they come broken, they won't stay broken. Whether they come bruised, they won't stay bruised. They come maybe strung out in drugs, they won't stay strung out in drugs. Come on, guys. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. I declare over you tonight that the last seven years have been phenomenal, but get ready for the next seven years. In the name of Jesus, every one reaching one, every one on fire, every one going beyond the natural, 
and allowing the Spirit of God to help them do what only God Himself can do. Angels are ready to help you. The Spirit of God is in you so that He can be poured through you. You can bring comfort. You can bring help. You can bring the necessary words to heal. The Scripture says that you were given that authority to lay hands on the sick and they would recover. You were given that authority to cast out devils. You were given that authority to speak in other tongues. You, little old you, when I look back over 20 years ago and I look at what Paul was, and everybody loved me because it was just like he just was. Paul's just easy. When I got filled with God, things began to change. My Paul wasn't easy anymore. Paul just didn't take any prisoners anymore. The Spirit of God would rise up within me, and I'm telling you, we live way in the country. Carnal testified to this. People would start coming to our home to get delivered. Little old dum-dum. And here they come into our living room to get delivered. And everyone that would come would leave differently to the way that they arrived. And before we knew it, people needed a church. They needed a place. Well, God has found a place right here. And the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Come on, can you lift your hands and praise the Lord? Praise Him. Just praise Him and glorify Him. Magnify the Lord. We glorify you. God is so good. We want to invite you to continue to grow in the knowledge of His goodness, who He is, what He's done for you, and who you are in Him. Check out our websites at josephbosco.us and highwaychurch.us and begin living the abundant life He came to give you.